am the only unbought and unbossed politician. Why should I step back? This is Unbought Power Hour with Asha Mubarak. Hey, can you hear me? I can. They don't, okay. They don't, they don't want us to organize. To organize. <laughs> you see that? I was like, that's interesting. You see? They they can feel the power just within this Instagram virtual space. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing well. You're breaking up a little bit, but. So you had a long day? Packed day? Exciting day? Yeah. Okay, Gabby. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of a delay. Um, I, I'm power. And I do political strategizing, political consulting, grassroots organizing, and how to continue to inject movement into the electoral process without forfeiting our belief system and continuing to be unbought when we're uh, channeling our Shirley Chisholm and how she was able to be unbought and unbossed with being the first black uh, congressional woman who essentially ran for presidency. So when I saw you, um, you know, we spent a lot of time together on the candidate uh, rooted in community leadership campaign school. And I was absolutely blown away by you and how you continue to hold uh, I don't want to say progressive values because I feel like that's abused, but like you're truly people centered. And especially on the last day when you had us all bawling our eyeballs out. And I'm just, I've just been super excited because when I look at you, you're exactly what I believe um, is unbought power and you're bringing the movement into the electoral process. So just go, I'm just going to go ahead and hand it to you because we have a lot to talk about. It's May Day. Uh, we want to center workers' rights. Uh, we are both, you know, well, I'm a daughter of immigrants. You're an immigrant. And just, like, how everything is connected. And today was also, I want to say, your Canvas launch. launch and I saw Congress. I'm going to leave right there with you. And, of course, Den. So this is absolutely, it feels like home for me right here. So, Mabruk, uh, congratulations. And, yeah, let's get to it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for doing the work that you do. When you presented during the campaign school, I just felt your power all the way from Florida. Now, one down there is doing really amazing work, and it's it's really powerful. So thank you, because we do need, I mean, you know it. Unfortunately, money makes the world work, and in campaigns, we need it. And right. we we as people of color, as, as folks that hold identities that have been marginalized many times we don't have access to those resources but we can organize we do have them if we bring them together we can build and we can achieve the things that we want to achieve so just thank you so much for, for believing that and for doing this work it's really important no thank you and um that means a lot coming from you it's interesting because sometimes this work can feel very lonely or very rare to see like how people show up um, in this work, whether it is through grassroots or in politics, um, you don't usually see an infusion of being able to understand the landscapes of both, but 
um, not trying to win an election by leaving one community behind because of this belief system that it comes at the expense of another group, right? And I, I see that you understand that. Um, you previously ran for office, but first, like, talk to us about who you are um, and how this work has been something since grade school for you and just kind of talk about your personal story and how you got to where you are now running for office. Sure. So I always start my story by talking about the first time that I found out I was poor. So as mentioned, I'm an immigrant. I was born in Mexico. And I remember I was in middle school. I was watching my mom cook dinner for us. Um, we were here. I still live in the same house that I grew up in. So we were in the, in the kitchen right down right down the room right there. Mm. And I was crying to her for new Nikes because all the girls in school had new Jordans and they looked fresh and I wanted to look fresh too. And I asked my mom if she could buy me new shoes and she said no. And I couldn't understand why. Why it is that these things work this way, how money gets, gets you things. But I kind of had a sense and I actually mm. asked her, I was like, mommy, are, are we poor? And she turned around and she laughed and said, you didn't know we were poor? And, and I remember my heart sinking and me feeling stupid and me thinking no like how did I not know this and really it was later in life when I realized the food on our table the the, the heat was always I realized that we lived our lives with dignity because our food was I, I never knew we were poor because there was always food on our table our mm -hmm. heat always worked our lights were always on but later I realized that the food on our table was picked up from a local church or a food pantry oh, wow. My the most memorable Christmas was I, I got home and there was a new bike and a bag full of toys as big as me. Those came from Toys for Tots. Wow. Um, my mom worked every single day, seven days a week, single mother, from the moment that she woke up to the moment that she went to bed to a lot. And she pinched her pennies. So we lived our lives with dignity. But that's not fair that she had right. to work seven days a week that I had to stay home with my little brother to take care of him because that's the story of many of our families who, who mm -hmm. have parents who are single that have to be the, the sole breadwinners. And for me, that didn't feel right. So to your point, um, my mom really believes in education. She never finished school past the third grade in Mexico. And she wow. wanted to, like for her, it's what she wanted to do. So from a very young age, she said, go to school, get a good education. She put me in the best Catholic schools in Detroit. Wow. <laughs> I still saw that her back, busting her back to put me through mm -hmm. these schools. And in middle school, I actually went to a really great all-girl middle school. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. Our Lady Guadalupe in Southwest Detroit. The teachers there were incredible. They were all like women suffragettes. Um, oh my were, goodness, love I mean, it. I loved it too. Which is interesting because public school or private school, I think, black and brown, indigenous, like queer folk, we don't always have the best experience in grade school, right? So that's uh, actually refreshing to hear. Yeah, no, my middle school. With teachers specifically. Yeah, in my middle school, it, it was also more Jesuit, I think, like less classic, mm -hmm. more like half Catholic, more Jesuit. Um, and really, the women that ran that school were incredible. My school, I love my middle school, and we st it was it was different. We stayed in school till six p.m. So we were in school from like eight to three doing school, and then from three to six it was after school programming. And I remember we would do the first time I protested was in the fifth grade because oh of my my, in, I thought I thought only Palestinians did that, right? But no. okay. <laughs> in Detroit, in Detroit, here at a very young age, we are taught about the injustices, the, the, the racial injustices, the, the inequalities. We are, we are taught that our voices matter, that we have been siloed, that, that things, unfortunately, 
have a lot of racist, um, so yeah, we have a lot of racist systems. So for me, from a young age, I was taught about that, mm. which I've been grateful for. In the fifth grade, I knew about social injustices. In the sixth grade, I, I knew about sweatshops. The seventh grade, wow. I knew destroying the planet. By the eighth grade, I knew that we needed to organize and that we needed to like have good leaders. Um, so I've always been, as you Power. mentioned, <laughs> very engaged in this work um, and I continue to to take my my life my, my lived experiences um, the education that I was able to receive the, the mentorship the guidance hi Dan's hey Dan <laughs> so I I'm excited to continue to do this work amazing so talk to us about you know what you're running for and what made you run for office because you know Denz is on here and you're here and like I like to believe all three of us come from movement work and yeah. so being in a, being in politics is you know it was I felt a, a bit unconventional in the beginning right but we understand how it's part of um, our pathway to freedom and equity so just talk to us about you know the importance and hopefully Denzel's gonna be on a butt power in June. So talking about his election. So just talk to us about how, why you want to run for office, the importance and what you're running for. Sure. So I actually shared a little bit of this story earlier today. Um, I'm running for office because of people like Rashida Tlaib. So I remember I was in high school, maybe my senior year for freshman year of college. And I was going, I was walking around my neighborhood, um, talking to my mentor, Eric Howard. And I remember there was this weird rumble, just like walking on the streets, there was like rumble and it, and it sounded like, which is weird. I, th I thought it was like an earthquake <laughs> and I had no idea what was going on. So I told Eric, hey, it sounds like I, I felt like something was exploding on the ground. It made the earth move. It feels weird. Like what's going on? He's like, that's probably marathon. That's probably the, science, that's the salt mining happening downriver. That's probably mm. corporations that are doing, that are extracting without letting us know that they're not supposed to be doing that because we could feel it in Southwest Detroit and we're not supposed to feel that. Wow. Like, call Rashida to leave. I'm like, who's that? He's like, <laughs> I'm like, why would I do that? She's a politician. Like, do they not care? Like, because <laughs> I grew up hating politicians. Right. Like, the worst, keeping them accountable. And he's like, no, she's different. She's from here. She's really good. She's really dope. She'll respond. And I was like, okay, sure. And I remember I called her like with no expectations. I went to voicemail, like rolled my eyes. I was like, sure. <laughs> was, like, Major eye roll moment, right? Like, my name's Gabby. I was told to call you, I guess. Like, hope you call me back. Within 24 hours, she called me back. And sounds like I, Rashida. Yeah. And you was, know that she's still like that to this day, I have to say. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and that's the kind of that's the kind of work that I want to do. So she really she really changed my mindset of what politicians and what civil servants are. They they can be held accountable. They can show up for you. And that's really why I'm doing this. I I never grew up wanting to run for office or be a politician. Again, thought that was the wrong thing to do. Um, but I've always been told to run. Um, I'm really passionate. <laughs> I have a lot of a lot of anger towards the injustices and I, and I, and I'm kind of a fighter. So I, I'm very, very much. A You're fighter. very much a fighter. And, and like you said, like, um, rage is real, but you're able to channel that into how it translates, um, to continue centering the people. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope to do that. And that's, and seeing people like Rashida who make me believe that not all politicians <laughs> and, <laughs> 
and not as soon as you become a politician do you lose sight of your people. Um, that really encouraged me to do this work. I did run for office last year. I ran for county commissioner. Um, and to your point, as a movement person, organizer, um, for me, local government matters, education, organizing needs to be a part of the work. And I was actually approached in 2019 by a group of local leaders. Mm -hmm. Actually, Senator Chang was a part of that, mm -hmm. who were actively looking for to recruit people to run for county government. Um, and I was the only one that said yes. There's most <laughs> I love it. A whole slate of, of new of new candidates, but I was the only one that said yes. Um, and I knew that by me saying yes, I would be the first that would have to expose the county commission seats, expose county government for who they are, which is really powerful people, and making sure that we are all along for the ride and, and, and learning together. And I ran to win. I plan to win. I've gone through so many trainings, doors and dollars, all the things. <laughs> right. I, I couldn't do any of that. If anything, I remember feeling paralyzed knowing mm. that people probably lose because I didn't want to campaign. Also, like, politics felt gross when our federal government was letting people die. That's right. People were losing their jobs and the government was not responding. Here, who am I to knock on your door to tell you to vote for me for to be a politician when they were not, they weren't showing up for us? Right. So, like, I actually put my campaign on pause for two, three months, the pivotal months I know now that people were <laughs> voting in person, vo voting, voting by mail. Um, but I, I wasn't campaigning. It didn't feel right. So I paused and I did mutual aid work. We raised mm. around $8. We provided 300 families in my community um, direct during COVID. Um, I, I did end up winning election day, which is really cool and exciting. Yeah. Lost by a, a thousand absentee votes. Wow. Um, but we gave a 20 year incumbent a run for her money. And both right. county government. And I know for a fact there's at least two people that are going to run for county commissioners seats next year. So I may not have one, but I, I organized and, and I think that I did accomplish something. And I believe in the universe. Um, I think that if I would not have done that run, I wouldn't be as prepared for, for this city council race, um, which is what I'm running for now. I'm running for city Yes. So yeah. talk to us about why that race. So, again, I, for me, it really matters that I'm doing what I'm asked to do. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think many of us have a lot of power. We can do a lot of things. And I... I will do what I'm asked. And really, I was approached by my by my sitting um, councilwoman, Raquel Cusada Lopez, who let me know back in January that she was not looking to run for the seat anymore. And she asked me if I would. Um, at first, I said yes. And then I said no. I changed my mind. <laughs> but I love my job. It's a good organizing job. I have an amazing team that I supervise. Um, I said no. And then Rashida Tlaib called me. <laughs> <laughs> did she? I didn't even know that part. I love she it. She called me. Rashida called me like a week or two later. She's like, Gabby, what is it like here that you're scared to lose? I got you. You, I'll endorse you. I'll support you. And I said, okay, like if I know that I have a team, if I know that I have the support that I need, um, then I'll do this. Running for office is incredibly scary. It, it is Absolutely. anxiety provoking. I, I am what I call skinny stress right now. <laughs> Rashida talks about that all the time about the door knocking and it's real um but having good people like Rashida like you like my team like my neighbors like my friends really is what encourages me and keeps me going
So talk about talk about what support uh, looks like for you. I, I saw Den's, um, you know, obviously the fundraiser in me is like, please put your, your link in, let's pin it. And so talk to us about what support looks like for you. Oh, speaking of, I'm not sure if Jane is still on here, but babe, if you want to link the donation. Yeah, babe. <laughs> please. <laughs> but either way, I'll post it later. So we'll make sure. Um, so supporting what it looks like now. So if you live in Detroit, Southeast Michigan, if you're willing to make the drive, door knocking, that is what we're doing, even through COVID. Um, we are being very safe. Um, again, I didn't do this last year because of COVID. And I started doing it because Rashida's doing doors. I'm like, so if Rashida can do doors, I can. <laughs> um, and to be honest, we're not going to get to our people by not being in their front porch, by not talking to them, by not reaching them. And I know people are concerned with, you know, how do people feel? People actually really like it. I, I, people are like, thank you for stopping by. No one's come to my door. I really appreciate this. Folks will go and get their masks and come back out to talk to you. It's really, really nice. Um, even through COVID, doors have been amazing. So if you're free, come do doors with us. It's become one of my favorite things in the campaign. Again, if you can donate. I have to raise over $100,000. That is my goal. But that's because we have a lot of work to do. Um, I pay my team well. Yeah. Um, we, we have to pay our, our, our team well. Um, so all those things are super helpful. If you're not around, if you're not able to donate, texting, signing up to do texts or calls, those are super, super helpful. For us right now, it's, it's voter contacts and raising money so that we are able to do those things. Absolutely. Um, I'll be sure to also post a link, um, whatever you can donate. Um, and I think a lot of folks, even nationally, we have to understand that we have to support the local municipal, the, the, the state, all of that, those kinds of races, because that's where the foundation of so much of how this work gets to the halls of Congress, right, or gets to federal and we have to make sure we're protecting our people. I love that you are still trying to revive that sense of community um, post or during this pandemic, right? And I think that's the culture that people want to see who is going to be representing them. And I'm sure you're on your listening tour. It's like this whole needs assessment, needs analysis of what issues matter the most. And I think, and another point to what you were saying is yeah, because a lot of these people, a lot of community, a lot of families don't have Wi-Fi or access to computers or um, some people have landlines. So like to be able to connect with them virtually is just not always an option. So thank you for doing this work and thank you for understanding. To your point, also um, paying your your team I think that's so beautiful. It's important, especially in campaign world. Um, appreciate that. It, it is May Day, and a lot of your organizing work comes from a part of it because you do a lot of work comes from workers' rights. So talk about your day today. What do you do, and like why May Day is so important to you, um, and what you've done historically to um, uplift that. Yeah. It's May Day. It's a great day. It's International Workers' Day, which is super important. Um, workers unionizing is what got us the weekends. Workers unionizing is what got us good pay, better, better, safer workplaces. And today has been really fun. So um, it's just been a day of me going to different events, talking about the importance of 
us organizing, us unionizing, also talking about the Thrive Act, which would invest yes. money into green infrastructure, green jobs, which is what we need. Not only that, also talking about the PRO Act, which makes me so excited. Mm-hmm. PRO Act, which will protect our rights to organize, which is what we need. It would not allow, it, it, would, it would make it what illegal it would i think it'll be illegal for folks for 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 corporations to to fire you for striking like you so like you wouldn't folks would be able to strike folks would be able to unionize folks would be able to organize without the fear of losing their jobs which is really it's, it's really inspiring to me and really important i mean for me i also talked about today my first job was at 15 years old as a as as a waitress um I worked at Chili's. Anyone's uh, any, any of us who love Chili's, baby group. I mean, I used to love the broccoli cheddar soup and the fajitas. I don't think they do the fajita thing anymore, but it would come out. They, they have good food. It's would, Ramadan. Let me stop. Wait. <laughs> right. <laughs> almost, almost, almost in my time, but yeah. And at Chili's, my check literally looks like three dollars, five dollars seven dollars that was my check that was after money was taken out because i got paid two dollars an hour so you know how heartbreaking it is to be working every single day and get a check that is less than twenty dollars when you have to serve people who many times don't tip because unfortunately people of color don't get tips as much as like we want to say that we do we don't tip work is not okay um and that's the work that i did for a very long time i was Yes, it's, it's just, it's really difficult to be in those positions. Um, one thing that I'm seeing now, which like gives me a little hope um, in, in the service work is now that I'm fully vaccinated, <laughs> that we can Yay! Go- Hopefully I-, I get to see you and meet you in person <laughs> once, once that starts happening again. Maybe once, it, you know, I go to Detroit and I'll be like in between door knocking for you and Dan's like. Yes, please. Wow. Yeah, no, definitely come out. Um, Oh, shoot. What was I mentioning about? Sorry, um, you're saying you just got vaccinated and um, you're just talking about you were talking about your, how it's unfair and how with how much you got paid. So but I but my hope my hope and that I have now is since I'm fully vaccinated, I have been stopping by some of my favorite restaurants again <laughs> to, to go and um, they are including tip now. They are including tip and the tip is a lot. The tip is like like almost half or like a quarter of your meal, and right. I'm like, good, finally. That's how it should be. Finally, finally, people are getting paid, and like, I may tip more or I may not because it doesn't matter anymore because it's already there. America's right. the only country that tip work is like this, and it's also based on racism. Like, right, absolutely. All of this comes back to this, and I feel yeah. like people, if you were to understand how it like trickles down into every aspect of people's lives. And then when you were sharing, sorry, I mean, when you were sharing your story about how your mom had to work so much and it's like, even in that position, it's more expensive to compare in comparison to someone that has um, a job that pays them well, because it's rent. You never get to be a homeowner, like, or it's very hard and difficult to become that. So you're constantly paying bills and in debt or whatever it is or loans and the interest so mm-hmm. once and just to be able to get out of that is mm-hmm. it just seems this system is debilitating in ways i think that folks do not understand but yeah. continue yeah no i 100 percent agree and i think many times 
because we don't see the system for what it is a system we i think mm -hmm. internalize everything and we, we become full of shame so i am actively working on letting go of my shame but mm -hmm. there were moments many times many moments where my bank account had less than $20 when, when my bank account was in the red it had like mm -hmm. negative $50 because my bill just got paid or something and I had to work literally paycheck not even paycheck shift by shift I wow. had to work multiple jobs multiple shifts when I was in college I was a photographer I worked at Chili's I was a caterer I worked at the Townsend Hotel 30 minutes away from Detroit um with my mom worked there for a long time too um did housekeeping did catering um, I was working for nonprofits. I was working for, for in, on, on, on campus. And for me, it was like, I need to make sure I, I work these two shifts to make at least $50 to, to make sure that I'm no longer in the red and then I can pay for gas. Cause to your point, it's, it's, it costs money to be poor. And, and I think many of us believe it's our fault, but it's not. And something that we internalize and carry and it, it shows up with how we show up. Right. Yeah. Because the system is also meant to deflate us, disenchant us, to think that we don't deserve, um, we're not deserving of a better future or opportunity. So sometimes that weighs down on mental health or furthering education or running for office or um, thinking that these opportunities are not meant for us. So um, mm -hmm. so I, I wanted to ask also, you know, in this, in this work, you know, because like you said, like even in your last election, right, you basically, first of all, for me, that's a win, right? Because you, you are running a campaign that is anti-establishment and putting people over profit and um, that isn't as common as folks think it is, right? So when when you continue to, now that you're running for office again, right, yes, you are fully seasoned and all of that, but how do you continue to, because it's not like you came into this race and you were like, well, if I want to win and like how a lot of people, I'm going to take corporate pack dollars or I'm going to, you know, you know, not talk about this community anymore because I might upset, you know, these voters. And so just talk to us about how you, how you're choosing to be unbought, how you've always, um, tried your best because we all it's a struggle it's not something that like you know it's not easy how do you continue gabby to be unbought and how have or you know sharing a story where you've felt so challenged um and how you continue or taking it back to the drawing boards and having that conversation with you yourself um, right so how do you continue to be unbought and how are you being unbought um in this election or yeah this race? i think to your question of so I, for me, I'm really, really focusing on my people, my people, my community, residents. Those mm -hmm. are my people. That is my main focus. And I already know, um, because I've been asked many times, are you seeking support of corporations? Are you seeking support of the mayor? Are you seeking support of the establishment? Mm -hmm. And I'm not. And I think right. that's, what, <laughs> that's a really good way. Um, I already know for a fact that my opponents have done some kind of something of going to the establishment, going to old heads that have really, honestly, some politicians are just gatekeepers. And that's not okay to me. It's not okay to be a gatekeeper. It's not okay to be a rubber stamp. It's not okay to, to, to be there um, for as long as you have and, and, and have not served our, our folks. Um, so for me, 
I don't seek those folks. I don't. I don't seek their support. I don't. I don't seek their their guidance. Um, and I think you don't understand. I love you so much because sometimes I'll go into strategy meetings for some of these this, these campaigns, and they're like, "Well, we still have to try to get these voters and cater to." Them. I'm like, "These people will never go for you. They will never vote for you. So why redirect your resources, your energy, and your funds into that?" So continue. Sorry, I just yeah. you hit it on the nail. So. Yeah. That's it. Who am I? Who am I running for? I'm not running for the mayor. I'm not running for Dan, Dan Gilbert. I'm not running for corporations. I'm running for my people. And I, to your point, the listening sessions, I am reaching out to local leaders, organizations, the churches. Those are my people. I'm reaching out to the unions, hoping to get their endorsements because those are the folks that I'll be working with. And you can look at at my finances, the money that I'm raising, it's from, from my networks, it's from my folks, from my friends, it's from grassroots, it's from grassroots packs like Rashida's, um, it's, it's from people. And I think that is what I'm going to always do, what I have to remind myself. I'm already thinking about what my team can look like on console. It's going to yeah. look like with now, it's going to look like some of the folks that I really, that, that I really uh, like admire who I think are brilliant. Um, it's build. This isn't just me. So for me, being on bot means making sure that you have people that are check you, making sure yeah. to have people that are hold you accountable, and and to also build with you. Um, I think that's, that's going right. to be really. So you you we you and I talk about people centered and movement, social justice, and people. And so when you say my people, what yeah. does that mean? For me, it means Detroit. My people are, and that's a super, thank you for asking that question. Of course. I, I worry that people think when I say my people, I think immigrants or mm-hmm. that I'm just Mexicans because um, that's not true. Right. Um, I'm a Detroiter. I, I don't know why I'm going to cry. Um, <laughs> I, I love this scene. This is a good space. You're good. As you heard, it has taught me everything I know. It has given me the strength um, the voice, the fight, the the audacity to believe in myself, mm. which is something that they try to take away from you. So for me, my people are Detroiters. It's black and brown Detroiters. It's it's white struggling Detroiters. I have been there from the very beginning, fighting next to black and brown Detroiters. It is it is working class. It it is it is lower class. It is it is folks who who have no homes. It is folks that are struggling. For me, those are my people, um, and those are the people that I want to be working with. That I that I want to be building with. Um, and I want that to be clear. And I also hold many identities. Um, it's a clear person as, as a woman, as a, as a Southwest Detroiter, as an immigrant. Um, I think for me, I acknowledge all of the identities that I have. I acknowledge the communities that I'm in. And I really respect and love them. And those are the folks that I'm going to be fighting for. Thank you so much for that fight. And whew, that, like... That is beautiful, and I'm, I'm glad you were able to, that you're able to. Yes, you hold all these identities, and you're able to represent all of those identities. But more than that, um, it's about collective um, building and what that looks like. So we're here for you. We got you, and ready to support you. Um, I think my last question is like, you know, I looking at you and Rashida and Gab and Gabby and you again, but Denzel and like just. You don't, when I look at y'all, I don't see, like, they have this, like, five-year political plan. Like, you know, I'm running for this. Like, you you know, you, you I got to start somewhere because I want to end up here, which is absolutely fine because, like, we believe in put me, you know, I believe in, you know, God putting me where 
he yeah. wants me is most impactful, it's most meaningful, right? So, yeah. we're, but what does your future look like? What do you hope to aspire? What is the impact you hope to release into the world and in Detroit? That's a good question. I actually have a lot of fun with this in my own mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is subject to change because I, I believe that yes. all of the universe and, and, and what she offers me. But in a perfect world, I think it would be really fun. And I actually really appreciate um, Councilwoman uh, Raquel for stepping back after two terms, eight years, because it's possible, to your point, to not be a politician forever, mm-hmm. which is, again, not I had, did not dream, did not grow up thinking that I wanted to do that. In my, in my brain, um, my future would be great if I run and win, uh, be in council for be it two, three terms, whatever terms I need to be in, make sure that we, during my time, do amazing work, build, build leadership, build power, build strength, make sure that things are set in place where, so if, if I do have to walk away, things will continue to b- build and, and be great. I think a part of me wants to, Learn what it's like to be on the inside and take that outside and take that to the, take that to, to the organizing world, to the movement world, to, to the grassroots world. Um, I'm not against maybe being a consultant and following. Yeah. yeah. I want to like study trees and just be next to her, like mm-hmm. have a baby and consulting for like movements work and writing books and like, and resting. Right. Cause I've been working. Yeah. I've been so by then I'll be late thirties. <sighs> 40s resting living my life like really I want to I want to enjoy the fruits of, of the labor that we're doing um so I don't think it's fair to think that we should work forever um I I'm, I'm already actively putting it uh, out there in the universe that I do hope to do good work I do hope to grow 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 good leadership and then to hopefully be able to enjoy my life um while continuing to inspire while continuing to to, to provide resources and services for folks um because I think that's really important I think mm-hmm. folks should see people strive and thrive and do good work and and live their best lives that's so important okay i lied i had another question because that's okay. all you're talking it make i want to know more and um i'm just super excited i know i'm all the way in here in florida but i, I truly believe in collect and collective power and building together um and working to achieve a better world so on that what do you hope what does a better world look like to you and how can folks be a part of that reimagining and obviously radical rest is so important so I love that you said that so yeah yeah I think for me it looks like us it looks like people who talk about politics and organizing and and movement work aren't a special kind of crazy because I think right now you have to be a special kind of crazy to talk about politics all the time talk about policies and and holding people accountable and what's going on next right that's how to work i where we're talking about this at the dinner table and it doesn't split families up you're engaged in these conversations where we're actively a part of the solutions for me it's as soon as you're born you learn about the planet, you learn about your role in it, you learn mm-hmm. about how to protect her, you learn about how to how to fight for yourself and your family. That to me is how we're going to do this differently. It has to be normalized. Change has to be normalized. Radical right. love has to be normalized. Um, and that's why I always say like I lead with love. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I love 
with without you know fear because we kind of have to we, we need to we need to do it we need to do it it needs to be different and i think once we're there once folks are able to engage in conversations it's it's a normal thing to do to 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 unionize to organize to, yeah. to do more then i think we'll be okay beautiful Whew. last thoughts gabby so is today your first canvassing or was it the first no. official okay <laughs> my bad i'm sorry like so how did so how is canvassing going and then just last mm -hmm. thoughts and y'all please support um i'm gonna share the donation link and just be sure to support in any way possible um any dollar amount any volunteerism i'm sure you have virtual volunteering opportunities available um so yeah just last thoughts just a story canvassing and um how we can continue to support you yeah, so I can do a quick Canvas story. We have been on doors for over a week now. We, we announced about a week ago. And I think many of us who maybe not have Canvas before, we might be scared. We're like, oh, no, people talking to people and, like, bothering people. It's actually been really great. So as I mentioned, the doors have been fine. People are appreciative of they are engaged. And I believe yesterday when I was door knocking, I... I knocked on someone's house. He was young, 20-year-old. I forget his name. Let's call him Joe. Um, but Joe came, said, let me get my mask. I'll be right out. And he got his mask. And he he was questioning me. And I love it. I love I, it. <laughs> but what do you care about the community? What are your pulses? I'm like, let's go. I got this. Like, we should care. That's exactly what we should be doing. Um, and so I answered his questions. We had a good conversation. He's like, well, how, can I volunteer? And I was like, yeah, sure. We have this thing tomorrow. Come out. And he came out. He showed up wow. today. Friends. And, and they and they canvassed the community. So for me, I, Rashida always says that people remember how you make them feel. I really want people to feel like they are cared for. Like this work is not just about me. It's about them as well. And I think that's what we should be doing. This is not just about one politician. It's about my new friend, Joe, who's not going to be knocking on doors with us, understanding the process of what it is to hold me accountable in the future, to tell me what he wants to see in the community, and then to do that work. Because then later on, Joe can run for office. And later on, I can support Joe when he's running for office. So for me, all of these things connect. Um, doing anything from phone calls to donating to door knocks really does, really does impact. Um, and it makes a huge difference. So anything you can do, please do. And engage in this. I think, I, I think this is stronger with all of us included. Amazing. Thank you so much, Gabriela. I hope you get some rest today. It yeah. was a super long day and thank you. Thank you for your work. Thank you for sharing your experiences and thank you for running and for continuing to center the people, specifically the people of Detroit and for inspiring people like me. Much love and rage and light and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Reach out if you have any questions. And thank you, Rashida. Yes.